0: Today, we're wrapping up a three part series that we've been working on. The first part of this series, we talked about how to determine and find a business coach that will be sort of your cheerleader and your, you know, sort of core foundation for your support team in business. I think in business and in leadership and in life, really, we all need a support team. So we sort of focus on that in the first part of this series. Last week, we really talked about how finding the right therapist therapist can also be a core part of your support team you know having a business coach and a therapist is really really powerful but this week we want to kind of complete the series by looking at who else do you need on your support team do you need a specialist do you need a support team like a va do you need community so that's what we're wrapping up with and it's going to be an exciting
1: show Hey, hey, my friend, how are you? good. I'm ready to
0: dive in and sort of wrap up our latest series. And I think we're going to go back to one-offs for a while um, and then maybe dive into some juicy series later in the year. Mm, I love it. Yeah. So really for the last few weeks, if you've missed our other episodes, two weeks ago, we talked a little bit about how to find the right business coach for you. So what we're really talking about is how do you find your support team in business, which is so important. And then last week, we talked about how to find the right therapist, right? Because in... Laura and I's opinion, having been in business for so long, having a really great business coach and having a therapist as your team is like the base support. It's so powerful and so amazing. It can really help transform your success. But we thought today we would talk about what are the other pieces that we need to our support team? Um, where does community fit in? And we thought we would explore that and see where it goes. What do you think, Laura? Yeah,
1: I love it. I love you know how we kind of took the, the business coaching and the psychotherapy as a base because I feel that people over, just to kind of reiterate that, is that, you know, people focus so much on the business growth and it's co-occurring. It's this business growth that's co-occurring with your own personal evolution. And having someone to process that with you in a therapeutic context and then having someone from that business lens, it's just so powerful. And yet, Incomplete because there are more people that can be a part of your team. Um, Sometimes that might feel like enough, but one of my big passions here is really understanding the community that you are rooted in as you are an entrepreneur. Like, who's your support team? Um, Could be a few core individuals, and then maybe it's like your peers, maybe it's specialists, like who else is in your arena, right? So that you're not feeling alone there and dealing with all this, this big journey solo. Yeah, for sure.
0: And I think, you know, we can talk about it in several sort of facets. So let's explore a couple of those. Like we can talk about it in terms of specialists that you might need. So maybe you have this sort of great business coach who's guiding you, helping you with the bigger questions, the bigger decisions, helping you structure your business in the way that is healthy. Or in my case, like building a solid foundation. You got your psychotherapist, you know, who can help you with the internal stuff that comes up and really navigating all that beautiful self growth you <laughs> and then you might need specialists as well so that might be marketing certain marketing people or it might be certain specialists that focus on very specific aspects of your business maybe you need a photographer maybe you need you know a branding specialist like there's sort of these specialists how do you sort of look for and find what you need so that's a really interesting question you may also need on your support team some of that foundational support like a virtual assistant or an executive assistant or an employee so some- Somebody who really supports you and helps you get things done. And I think we can also talk about it from a third kind of area, which is, yeah, how do we find that rich community to be able to support us? Sometimes we just need that emotional support. People who are like-minded, people who are going through the same thing that we're going through. I know that for myself, like the women in my group, the women that are going through my coaching program That group component is so helpful because they feel like, wow, okay, I'm not alone you know so many of the things that we hit in business are normalized because we see like wow everyone else also has imposter syndrome and everyone else also feels like it's a struggle and then I think that really normalizes and increases our growth
1: as well oh, absolutely you know and I love how um, you know we can have multiple communities and different aspects of our life and so some people may think well you know I have a lot of uh, I have a strong social network I've got a lot of sen- a strong sense of community in my spiritual community or in my yoga community, you know, so I'm good, you know, I've got it all covered. But I will say that, you know, even if you're completely supported in those other areas, there is something just so amazing about having community with other women that are also entrepreneurs. <laughs> like, yeah, like that, that piece for me, has been huge because you know I have a lot of friends that do have you know that more the the career path that is the nine to five and they get can kind of get tired of listening to my constant entrepreneurial woes right but when I connect with um, a woman who's in my shoes then it's like we're able to really get it and that's what community is about. Sometimes it's shared experience, like that you can share your stories and feel like they really get it. And I'm not saying that those other communities are not extremely important to you. But remember that finding community with other business owners, other entrepreneurs. And for me, it's like finding the, the other women who I connect with is so huge.
0: Yes. And I think, you know, there's lots of ways to find that. I mean, there's obviously beautiful networking groups. There's obviously, you know, coaching groups like what I have. There's, you know, a co-working spaces, which Laura can talk a lot about, you know. And and I think there's lots of ways and avenues to find that community. But yes, I would highly recommend having an, a specific entrepreneurial community because a lot of times, you know, other people who haven't run a business, they don't really understand what we are navigating, what we have to juggle, what we're going through. It's just a totally different viewpoint of life. And I really think you got to have as your support team, those women who are backing you up. And I do say women, you can find, of course, men as well. You can find, you know, men and women groups or men and women co-working spaces. But what's great about finding some women that back you up is they will be able to understand what you are going through as a Woman. And as we talk about in this podcast, we have very unique experiences and very unique things that we specifically have to navigate in business as women. So it's great to be able to find that community. Yeah. And it's
1: just that shared experience is so bonding. And, you know, it's not exclusive that, oh, I'm only going to hang out with women who own businesses and women entrepreneurs. But you may find a certain a, like a safety there, a sanctuary there around mm-hmm. that shared experience where it's easier to go into the the hard stuff, where I feel that, you know, when I'm networking with um, co-ed groups, I tend to maybe just not feel as vulnerable at first until the men in that group also show me they can go there, you know, and, and some of them can. But yet when it's women, and I have had, because I've had such positive experiences with my women's groups that I have to be reminded that Some women don't have that. And, you know, we've also talked about that, I think, on this podcast, like the glass ceiling of the sisterhood ceiling where women will limit one another. But for the most part, I feel really safe amongst other women. And I think that that's why in the world of co-working, you know, I found co-working because it was community centric. You know, Sonia and I were already right? Talking about shared space and how to have all these things under one roof and a work-life balance center. But then, you know, at the core of that is in order to feel balanced, I feel, and we both felt, you know, that you've got to have a community that can help you keep all those things going because one person can't do it all. But a community can definitely help work and share that, even like share in the, the challenges of running a business. If you're in a network where you need a designer, then you might go to that network and be like, I I need a new website. Is anyone in this group taking on new clients or work with websites? And so you've already got a group, whether it's an online community um, like your Sonia, women in the business arena community, people can source like what are you guys up to? What talents do you have in a co-working spaces like that in person or online? Like you've got a whole bunch of people around you that have skill sets so they can be there emotionally for you and they may then be with excuse me, there for you with skills.
0: Exactly. And be willing to test some things out. Like you don't have to take the first experience. So, you know, I tell people when you're looking for communities or networking groups or co-working spaces, go test them all out. Like you'll find the vibe that feels aligned with who you are. And you'll find the people who you can truly resonate with. So sometimes I go to networking events and I'm like, yeah, that was okay. Like, nice people is fine, but I don't find necessarily, like, my community where I'm like, oh, they get me. They get me. And then eventually, as I keep trying, I can find those places where I'm like, yes, this group gets me. So it's like, (laughs) be willing to go and, you know, experiment and find a group that you feel like aligns with your values. Because even within the entrepreneur community, is a lot of different kinds of people so you know you've got some sort of communities where it's a little more ego it's a little more you know um, shiny flashy. and people are just sort of yeah yeah and they're still running with a lot of identity or flashy egos or you know like here I'm great and I'm all put together and then you can find the communities where it's really real people are really honest there's more vulnerability there's more stories about like hey yep I've screwed up and that's okay and here's where I'm at and It's all about what you prefer and what you like, but I would definitely be willing to explore that.
1: Yes. I am so glad that you made that point because I do feel that sometimes people walk into a community and they try it out and they're like, oh, not for me. I'm not going to do any women's groups. I'm not going to do any yeah. entrepreneurial groups or I'm never going to co-work again. And it's like you do have to remember that all these communities are uniquely made up of of different individuals and trying different spaces can lead you in a much more positive direction if you don't instantly find it. And then the other thing is, you know, that's why niche co-working has really been on the rise because People have discovered that the human psychology, we like familiarity, we like to be around our industry or like we want diversity, but there's this need to walk into a space and it feels like you, right? You have this resonance with it. So I think that remembering that you can shop around and, and really look for niche groups, like maybe instead of a, an entrepreneur group for women, you need an entrepreneur group for women who are also moms, like I know that was really big for me that they have the shared parenting experience on top of running a business. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know, I use a lot of metaphors that have to do with parenting. Like my business feels like a kid. <laughs> it has okay. a lot of the same developmental moments. And I need to talk with other women that can get that reference that like understand the challenge of having the kid in the background while you're trying to do a podcast recording, you know, stuff like that.
0: (laughs) Yes, that helps so much. Okay, so here's what I was thinking we might look at, Laura. I was thinking we might talk about sometimes like how do we build a team from the perspective of sequence? So I talk a lot about sequence and being able to, you know, not only focus our attention in the right direction based on where we are in the sequence of our business, but where do we put our resources? You know, what actions do we take at which part of the sequence. And I also think this is very relevant to the topic of your support team, because if you hire people out of the wrong sequence, it doesn't make for as much support as you could have in the right sequence. And believe me, I've hired outside the the wrong sequence, you know, and I have watched my clients do this many times. So, you know, I think that would
1: be a really interesting perspective. What do you think? Yeah, I love that because the sequence is kind of something that came up when we were talking about our core, um, having a business coach, having a therapist, and I was like, you know, sometimes that can feel overwhelming to people of, well, do I then put all my investment in that? And then how am I supposed to figure out do I hire the virtual assistant next? Because then that's going to give me revenue and you know, then I can hire different people or like when do you pick that? And then even groups like do I invest in a membership group that is a financial investment if it seems like it has a high return on connections, or do I just go to the free groups? So I think sequencing for me personally has had a lot to do with investing my time, energy, and money, like in what makes sense to do it in what order.
0: And I think, you know, in terms of the psychotherapist and business coach, I really think those can, and it's not just because I'm a business coach. I really do think that those can benefit throughout the process of your business. It might be that you hire people that are more um, focused on where you're at in your business and what stage you're at and make sure that they're specialized in that stage. But the truth is a business coach is really helpful. And we talked about this briefly in that first episode on how to find your right business coach but i think you know a business coach is really helpful even at the beginning you're better off investing in a business coach that can guide you from day 1 than you are building a website and i see that mistake constantly where people are building a website, spending money in that direction or on beautiful content or beautiful brand photography when they have no clue how they're going to get their business off the ground. They're not clear about their target market. They're not clear about their sales process. They've made no money yet. Like that, in my opinion, is out of sequence. So a business coach can be a really, really powerful investment even at the beginning. And in terms of what's going to happen in your journey, even from the beginning of your business journey all the way through to your 100th year, well, I guess none of us will spend 100 years in it, but, you know, to your like late, late years in business, <laughs> you're going to be dealing with the emotional internal stuff that comes out. So, you know, that's where an, a psychotherapist is also such a good pairing with being able to deal with all the internal stuff that comes out, from the fear to even beginning, all the way through all the stuff that comes up when you're trying to grow, when you're trying to, you know, build your business, when you need to scale and let go of things. You know, there's all kinds of ways that Inner and outer is really important. But in terms of other pieces, I think it's really about looking at the stage you're in. So let's say you've got a really good direction for your business. And let's say that you've got your, you know, psychotherapist, you know, you've got those two investments you're really doing as your base. One of the other great things I think, and Laura will be able to talk a lot about this as well, is when you're starting out and you don't yet have say a lot of clients you're not super busy yet i find that that is an awesome place for co-working because you surround yourself by people. You're able to build community. You're able to network. You're able to sort of build your business and also fill your time. And that time isn't filled with anxiety or fear. And I know eventually, like in my experience, I I co-worked forever. And then I got to a place where I was so busy that like it was almost like the co-working was too much. And that was a stage where I moved my business back home. But I think during those processes where I wasn't as busy, it was so great to have community. What do you think, Laura? I
1: love that you bring that point because I think that people misunderstand the sequencing of co-working. I've had a lot of people think that, oh, my business needs to really be going full force before I can invest in a co-working membership. But a co-working space is often, you know, under $200 a month, you know, to have a shared workspace access. And what it is, is a place to build that business around other people that are also building their businesses and have a lot of skill sets to share and are in a place that they want to exchange. You know, like people are Often in co-working spaces because they're looking to find other people that want to collaborate or that are just like-minded, and so in you know a, with a small investment into something like a shared workspace that can lead to so many other things that grow your business. That then you have revenue coming in to invest in a private office or to move back home into a home office, but then you know hire your first employee. So I think that that's a common misperception because co-working is seen as workspace. So I'm not ready to move into my own workspace until I've made it, you know, into the corner office. And it's like, no, 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 it was all created so you could have a professional workspace from the get-go, like from stage, you know, A. And that's something that you and I struggled with as parents of young children is, trying to do our work in all different places and not having a professional place. And we were like, wait, what if we all put our resources together and had a really awesome shared workspace that we all get to call as home, but we don't have to be at that stage of, of business. So that's a really good one. Like, where are you investing in your environment? Like, where are you actually doing your work? And don't work in a closet until you can afford the corner office. <laughs>
0: Yes. Yeah, look, I mean, seriously, like I've time tested this. I mean, you know, even um, as whatever, 2014 when I had my latest baby at 40, you know, after I had her, it took me a long time before I went back to work. Like I think I was still only working one day a week, you know, for the first year and then I might go back into two days a week. And I didn't start working full time again until she was three. So what I did was I had to sort of rebuild up my business again, you know, after taking so much time off to be with, you know, my daughter, which is what I really wanted to do this time around. And the best thing for me to do was to go to a co-working space. And that's what I did in Melbourne. And, you know, I found this amazing co-working space for women. I went in there, I started connecting with people, I started networking. Offered to do masterminds, like free masterminds, I would be like, let me support the community. I'm I'm good at this anyway. It's easy for me to do a mastermind. I started to do that on a regular basis. I started to get to know people and networking. And like before long, I ended up having this amazing office space. And then I knew when I started to be in my office like eight hours a day and I couldn't ever leave to talk to anyone. I knew that then it was time for me to move home. But you know, like I think it's really such a powerful way to connect and grow and have. People who are backing you when you're at a space like that, and I wouldn't wait until you're super busy because that actually is not the not that it's a bad time to be at a co working space because it's still a great work flexible option, but I find it, yeah. Yeah, you need more private space and you need, you know, there's a lot of other options that you get to at that point. So I think that's a great stage to be able to utilize that support um, so that you've got, again, if you know, if you can really and you're willing to invest in your future. And I think some of this gets down to, you know, there's a fear of spending money, yet. People will spend money effortlessly, and I see this all the time, on a website or on their branding or on pictures or whatever. They'll invest, like, $10,000. And they don't even think about it in terms of like really investing in the things that will get you income, that will get you traction. And those things are someone to guide you, someone to help you move through your mindset blocks, and a space where you can network and really create business just by meeting people. Like that's how easy it
1: can be. Yeah. I actually just read an article about, you know, how to grow your business without social media. And I tweeted it, it as, like, refreshing, like, this is so nice, and it's just coming back to connection. It's coming back to more in-person, you know, relationships. So it's not anything new, but what you're saying is, like, we forget the value of our relationships and asking for help of our network, building relationships with people that can help us, like that's a huge part of your community and your support. And you don't have to spend tons of money on a social media expert right away. You could just try an organic. I mean, so many of the fun things I've done in the social media world are like building organically with people that are already in my network, you know? So I just think that I actually, as you were talking, I kind of want to see an infographic that shows that, that shows like how much are we investing? What are people more likely to invest? Uh, when they do ask for help or they finally decide to pay for help, how are they investing their dollars? Because, yeah, I think it would be staggering to see how much we're spending on somewhat of the flashy parts of business. You know, we want yes. this brand. We want this visibility. But if it's all built on a house of cards and you're not okay and your health is not okay and, you know, you're about to have a nervous breakdown in your framework and your business is going to, like, as soon as you get 10 clients, it's going to collapse – that's not going to work, you know. It doesn't matter how pretty it is. It's not going to go anywhere.
0: It's so true. And, you know, And let's talk about it in terms of when you should hire specialists as well. So like, you know, my rule of thumb and what I, you know, basically I won't let any of my clients hire specialists until they have a really solid foundation, right? So that means you know 100% who your target market is. You have it specific. You have it ideal. You know exactly who it is. You're super honed on it. You absolutely know the offer that you have. It's high value. It's amazing. The service you're providing is awesome. You're super clear about that. You absolutely have a fantastic sales process. You're already bringing in money. Okay, so like that's the place you're at. When you're bringing in money, when you've got all that sorted, when you know you can go talk to people and create a client, then... At that point, you might think about investing in a website, in a social media strategist, in lead generation. But a lot of my clients don't even have a website before they're making 10000 a month, right? Because it doesn't matter. And so, you know, I think we've really got to turn that around to recognize that specialists are usually when you're much farther in the process, you validated your business, you know you have a solid foundation. It's like at it, that later stage. And same with the VA. Like so many people... They will get things off their plate way too early. So they're not at a stage where they're bringing in money. They're, you know, again, focused on things that don't bring in money. So for instance, content schedules, I don't believe in them. And really, you do not need to do a lot of social media content until you're bringing in quite a lot of income and you need to be looking at a different strategy for lead generation. That is like you might be making 20000 a month and then you need to start looking at a content schedule. Okay. So. You know, what do you need a VA for if you're doing things in the proper order? If you're, if you really know how just to talk to people and get sales and deliver to your clients and you have streamlined your processes and you've automated what you can, you know, it's only at that stage that then you need to delegate and hire someone outside of you. Whereas a lot of people try to hire a VA when they're making no money and they're just pouring, you know, they're never going to get ahead. It's like their expenses are always greater than their income.
1: Yeah and i think that you know the emotion that drives that sometimes is that people are you know feeling that if I build it, they will come, you know, mentality. And and then just like, well, if they see that I have an assistant, then I'm going to look more successful. And there's these things that we do in business sometimes to create that that image that then just becomes a burden. Like that is not good for your business that you have to pay for um, the service that you're not ready for yet. It's just like being patient, understanding the sequencing. And I mean, I think, you know, this could be a whole other conversation like sequencing and in um, automation versus like where you still need to stay in connection. But all of this is related to this conversation of, you know, how do you get the support that you need? How do you understand that you're not alone in this? And there are these specific people out there that can help. And so one of the things, too, is if you see someone that it just seems like they're completely rocking it and you love their business model, you know, not being afraid to reach out to those people and just be like, you know, who's your core team? Yeah. You might be surprised, you know, and if they're honest, they respond to you. You know, because I think sometimes we just assume there's a huge team behind some of these companies or brands, but they might just be very strategic. They may have this business coach that handles a big piece of the vision. They may automate a lot of the pieces that aren't, you know, high touch. And then maybe they're just showing up really fully connected and present with their ideal clients in a sales funnel that really works, right? It doesn't have to be as complicated, like all of those extra people become sort of bells and whistles. Like we want to help you guys find the essential people, right? Who are your essential people? And what is your essential thing to do is what Sonia is so good at.
0: Yeah. So interesting. It brings up two things, right? One is, let me just share with you that like 1% of people have it in the right order. So we're like, we're talking about a very small percentage. Most people are operating way outside of effectiveness, right? Outside of efficiency, they've constructed something that they're just trying to manage instead of like designing it in a way that is really balanced and in a way that supports them. So that's something that you have to think about. And I think one of the things that you said earlier that really just sort of triggered something for me, Laura, is... So much of what people invest in in terms of their support team or in terms of the specialists they hire, so much of it actually is around how it makes them look, right? It's like, you know, the website, the flashy website, the professional business cards, the graphic design, the copywriting. And I think that's a really good point because so much of what people usually invest in is something that like basically boost their value or their feeling about themselves from an outside perspective. And this is why having that business coach and that psychotherapist is so important because in the long run, you will save yourself so much time, effort, oh my gosh, so much money as well in being able to handle those internal feelings where you're not good enough the way you are, where you need to have this thing that's really pretty and professional and flashy and to feel like you're more legitimate because that's something I've seen a lot in working with women is that oftentimes as women, we feel like we're not legitimate in and of ourselves, and we need all these things, whether it's more degrees and more education or whether it's a flashy website or whether it's like the, the ultimate professional package or whether it's the right clothing. It's like all these things that we have to put together to feel valuable and it's really coming from the wrong place. You want to make sure that your internal, like your feeling about yourself, your value, you've owned all your value, that you've really stepped into your power, that you have a concrete and solid business before you hire any other support
1: team. Mm, So well said. And this speaks to why business coaching and therapy is really good because you're kind of (laughs) getting clear about your business and then you're also getting clear about yourself within that business structure and how to move forward. So hiring experts, building your team, finding your community, what does all this have in common? connection to yourself so that you're making aligned choices
0: yes I mean, and that's really what we're talking about. You know, we're not just trying to beef up our industries, me and Laura. Like, you know, it really is because we found this to be the best mix in terms of helping women succeed. And ultimately, it's just about you becoming more confident in yourself and more aligned, not in a way where you're getting outside validation, but in a way where you know you're doing what you came here to do, you're stepping into your mission, you're being your whole authentic self. And when you're doing that, like that is the place you can thrive from. That is the place you can have the most impact from. And so to me, that's a really interesting question to look at is – You know, is the person I'm working with, whether that's a business coach or a psychotherapist or support team, are they helping me step even more into that confidence, into who I am, into that mission? Are they helping me have more impact? from the inside out right not from like oh I've done all these things externally so I can get approval but from like how are you truly integrated and feeling inside yourself I think that's a really interesting way to frame it
1: I agree and I don't really have anything else to add to that <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> exclamation well, point good. underline agree <laughs>
0: All right. I love it. Well, this is a great place to wrap up. It's been a great series. Hopefully this is helpful. If you have any other questions around, you know, really like finding specific support or what sequence you're in, I've got a great assessment, a business assessment now on my website at SonyaStatman.com. And you can go there and it will tell you the sequence that you're in in your business and sort of what your next focus is. But you can also join our Facebook group. You can ask Laura and I any questions. You know, we're really here to help you become more aware of where you are in your sequence, what kind of support team would best support you, and, you know, how to succeed. So thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. Building a service business isn't always easy, even if you absolutely love what you do. Sometimes you need someone in your corner with the right mix of wisdom, encouragement, and structure to help you reach the next level. If you love what you've heard on today's show and want to learn more about coaching with me one-on-one, come over to SonyaStatman.com or send me an email at Sonya at SonyaStatman.com.